It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. Welcome in to Moving the Chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. We've got a great show today, a Skiza football playoff preview with our special guests, Rip Ripley and Neil Minton. Guys, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Appreciate y'all having us on, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Awesome. Well, Rip and Neil, they're from this week in Skiza Athletics Podcast. They do a great job getting up with Skiza all season long, guys. Check us out, movingchains.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, etc. We'll have a lot of great skis and high school league coverage coming down the pipes here. Let's take a look here at the eight-man playoffs. There's four games this week, Lawrence Academy, Holly Hill Academy, Jefferson Davis, Richard Wynn, Wardlaw, Faith Christian, and Holy Trinity versus W.W. King. Holly Hill has got to be the favorite here in eight-man. Can anybody make some noise to kind of maybe compete with them here in this playoff bracket in eight-man football? Rip, I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, I mean, so far, not – this season you know I mean, this season holly hill has kind of had their way they've had kind of an interesting year you know, they've had some games excuse me had some games canceled throughout the year uh for various reasons so they haven't played a full slate of games but the games they've played uh they've looked pretty impressive you know i think uh ww king kind of earned that other top spot on the other side of the bracket you know teams look out for it's always dangerous seeing a team like warlaw academy uh in the eight-man playoffs they've been a pretty much a staple throughout the years uh, not quite as strong this year. And Faith Christian's had a really good year. Uh, so I still see Faith winning that. But Ward Law in the playoffs is always dangerous. And then only one I'd really be, be curious to see is that Jeff Davis versus Richard Wynn game. I think that's probably your best shot on upset here in the first round. Um, you know, obviously the winner of that gets gets Holly Hill anyway. So it's not a, you know, a, a possible run in the playoffs, as you might call it. Uh, but I see that that being a really good game, kind of the eight-man game of the week right there for me. Uh, yeah. What about you, Neil? I agree. I think the Richard Wynn, Jeff Davis is the the game you got to watch in the first round. I think it's going to be the tightest game um, as you move forward. I mean, Holly Hill is going to roll into the finals. No offense, Richard Wynn, but that's just what's probably going to happen. On the other side, though, the, the only team that I really think can maybe even give Holly Hill a little bit of push, in my opinion, is Faith Christian. And But it has to be the perfect storm, and I mean that literally. So the last time they played, it was a very close game at the half. I think they might have Holly Hill might have been tied or losing, but it literally was raining cats and dogs. And the head coach from Holly Hill was at the hospital to get in twin babies. So if that happens again, <laughs> and then it's possible for Holly Hill to be competitive. No, Holly Hill, Holly Hill is head and shoulders above everybody. Um, you know, barring miraculous injuries, you know, I don't I don't see anywhere Michael Nelson don't take three in a row. All right, guys, so moving up to 1A, we got Kings Academy versus Lee Academy, Patrick Henry versus St. John's Christian. On the other side, it's Dorchester versus Thomas Hayward and Clarendon Hall versus Calhoun. You know, we're looking at, at 1A here. Seems like anyone could win it. Who do you guys like to make a run? Yeah, um, I think it's a two-horse race. Um, Rip and I talked about it. And, and, you know, a lot of these teams have played. You know, Lee Academy actually played Kings last week, beat them 40 nothing. Um, I think, you know, Dor Thomas Hayward beat Dorchester earlier in the year, 50-22, but those are two very historical skis of hard-nosed football schools, so it could be interesting. You know, I think Calhoun's a good team. Um, they beat Clarendon Hall 28-6 to earlier this year. 
Um, so I, I think Calhoun will go to, to the next round against Thomas Hayward. I think Thomas Hayward probably wins that game, but I think Calhoun gives them a really good fight. So Hayward, I think, goes to the finals. Now, the real interesting game early in this year, Patrick Henry beat St. John's Christian 6-0. to zero, And that that kind of floored all of us. I'm like, was this a forfeit? Did something happen? It was, it was way different. I think St. John's is playing really, really good ball right now. And I so I think they get it done. Um, and I'm gonna tell you here, here's the star of the 1A, and I know it's about the kids, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell y'all the super secret weapon here. His name is David Rankin, and that is Lee Academy's head football coach. And there's Lee Academy's physical up front, and Thomas Hayward, we've kind of had them as the number one team in 1A all year long, rightfully so for what they've done in the past. But I think Lee Academy gets this done. I think this is um their year. I think David Rankin is one of the best coaches in skis, and people don't know about it. He is an incredible, incredible coach. Anybody who's coached against him knows that, you know, but um, since he's not out of Hammond, people don't realize that he is an incredible coach. He's going to have his team ready. Um, I know Thomas Hayward's very, very talented, but I think it's, that's going to be a heck of a ball game. And I think Lee Academy is going to pull, pull, pull the 1A state championship. Yeah, you know, we've had in our rankings all year, it's pretty much been Lee and Thomas Hayward, you know, one, two all year. And that third spot has been kind of a rotating door of teams. We've had probably four or five other schools that, that have, jumped up and had a good week or had a big win that group's kind of beating each other up a little bit you know Calhoun Academy has kind of emerged as that three seed I know they don't have seeds behind them for the playoffs but essentially that three seed in the playoffs you know but like Neil said St. John's and Patrick Henry probably your game to watch this week your close game of the week uh that that you know we see kind of the way but again it, it's a collision course should be a collision course for Lee and Thomas Hayward as soon as everybody stays healthy and stays safe yeah well it should be fun you know Thomas Hayward defending champ there they start off the season really great. Big win over Trinity week zero there. I guess even week negative one. Negative one, yeah. So negative one. It was, it was a long time back. But, you know, the Shuford kid there at quarterback is a really good player for them. A couple of athletes I like. You know, Clarendon Hall has got the Aiken kid at running back. That's a stud for them there. Um, but, yeah, Coach Rankin, uh, you know, great football coach. Been around Skeezer for a while. He really gets it done there. But it should be fun in 1A playoffs. Looking here at 2A, it seems like Trinity's got – or, sorry, Williamsburg has to be the favorite. You know, they undefeated on the year. Coach Don Squelly's Don Shelley's squad is really tough. They even gave PD their one loss in 3A there. The Stallions, am I wrong here? Or is this theirs to lose? I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, we, we've seen Williamsburg. I think Williamsburg, uh, you know, as you said, took down the, the number one team in 3A early this year. Um, you know, I think you could argue that some may argue that Williamsburg's second best team in the state, regardless of classification. Hammond's one, Williamsburg might be two. I mean, they are a really, really strong team and they and they proved it throughout the year. You know, interesting first-round matchup there with Thomas Sumter. Uh, Thomas Sumter uh, didn't play them a couple weeks ago. And I think uh, I'll be curious to see how Williamsburg comes out and handles that. Uh, I know that, that there was a forfeited game earlier a couple weeks ago due to uh, some reasons that, you know, I'm not sure what it was. But I know Williamsburg was unfortunately didn't get that game in. So, interesting, they got matched up a couple weeks later. And that happened a few times. Um, you know, you've got, you know, the rest of the way, you know, Buford has had a pretty good year. Uh, Colin Prep has had a really good year. They've kind of come back, probably one of the better years they've had in in recent memory, um, you know, playing at that 2A level. Northside Christian, a new, a new team that – that a relatively new team to 11-man football that, uh, you know, has, has had some good wins. Orange Prep, always a a team that, again, you, you see in the playoffs, a traditionally strong team. You know, for me, I was, I was surprised, Neil, that Spartanburg Christian – uh, hosting a game first on the playoffs. You know, they weren't – they kind of snuck in there late in the season, winning a couple games late, mm -hmm. uh, beating an Orangeburg prep team, I believe, and doing some things that kind of helps them get that late run to get a, a home game first on the playoffs, which for some teams is a huge deal. Well, especially um, when they're playing Bethesda, who has to drive uh, you know, from I don't even know how many hours that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. 
they they got to take a yeah i mean they might take a pit stop in between take a nap on the way all the way up from 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 what's that savannah all the way to spartanburg um but yeah i mean i i think that the bottom side of the bracket will be really really competitive to get to that championship game uh but yeah again williamsburg williamsburg's gonna be the big dog in this one no doubt yeah, I mean, I like to say that the winner of, I think, would have him, Buford, Colin Prep. You know, they they went down to the wire a couple weeks ago. Colin Prep went for two and didn't get it. That's why Buford, you know, gets the home game in that second round if they both get there. Um, but they both play a physical brand of football, which somewhat matches Williamsburg. But Williamsburg, not only they – I mean, look, the, the Calder kid at quarterback, he, he's a player. and um, But the – the Ward kid at linebacker is absolute beast. Linebacker running back. I mean, he's one of the best players in Skiza. Um, he's proved every week. Um, he is just a force to be reckoned with at linebacker. And he he really helped shut down that run that Buford is so good at. And um, they they really took it to Buford earlier in the season. Now, um, Bethesda is super athletic. Super athletic. They have a chance to upset anybody anytime just because special teams, turnovers, and those kind of things can turn into points in the playoffs that matters. But you're right with Williamsburg. Not only they have they're very good up front, have a lot of talent. Man, they have a great coaching staff. I mean, of course, Don Shelley's you know done it forever. Um, won tons of state championships. But Tyler Boyd, Ken Callahan, um, they have other guys on their staff too that have been coordinators and head coaches other places. They got you know a, a, their position coaches who are state mm-hmm. championship level coaches. So I mean, they for a school that size, they have a phenomenal staff. And, and you see that a lot in Skiza. You know, there's a lot of difference in public school and private school. We know that. Um, but there's a lot of good head coaching skeezer, but it's hard to have a staff and they have a phenomenal staff in that, that area. So, um, you know, they, obviously it's theirs, it's theirs to, to take. Yeah. But we, we have, we've had a lot of fun keeping up with Buford Academy this year. Um, it's, it's been a lot to see them play those, these close games week in and week out. They have some great athletes in the backfield. Can they make a state title run? I think they were early on. I thought for sure they were the team that's going to play Williamsburg, but, um, after you know, Williamsburg took it to them really hard a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure how they rebound from that. And Colin Prep is on a mission. I mean, Colin Prep is not overly, I'm going to say overly talented. They beat us. We played them week zero. They're they're a good team. The quarterback, Davis, his twin brothers running back. They're both really good players. Um, and they got some linemen. And, you know, they, they, they're they just tough kids. Um, Buford and them, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. And and I, I, I'd hate to pick a winner there. You know, I mean, went down to the wire last time. But, yeah, Buford has the tools. You're right. They have um, drill. They have the athletes who can explode for big plays. And that's what it takes if you're going to upset someone. you got to have some breaks, get some turnovers, and make big plays. Buford's very, very capable of that. Last two-way question here. Northside Christian, a, a fairly new Skeezer School, if I'm not incorrect here. Mm-hmm. You know, can you tell, tell me a little bit about those guys, you know, where they're located and just things like that for folks who might be familiar with that squad? Yeah, so Northside's in it's in Lexington. Uh, they're they're on the um, I don't know what side. I think the south side of, of Columbia over there. Um, you go, and they've they've kind of emerged the past few years in, in a lot of sports, especially uh, their volleyball teams actually really really strong. They played for the state championships in recent years. Uh, their basketball teams, you know, being in a city like Columbia, I mean, some years you have some kids that that come in and you're really competitive, and some years you don't and, and you're not as much. But um, you know, football they bounce, I believe. And Neil is better with the names of all these old coaches. No offense, Neil. Ouch, um, ouch. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, they if I'm not mistaken, they had somebody go over there that was an old Orangeburg name, if I'm not mistaken, to start the program. Well, I believe it's Coach – is it Hoover? Is there Dale Hoover? Now, he was in a public school as well in that area, and I could be wrong. I should have looked that up. But yeah, he's a super nice guy. We've talked a couple times. He's their athletic director. Um, he knows football. Um, we yeah. were down there a couple years ago, I guess, yeah, last year with our 
sixth and seventh grade team playing their sixth and seventh grade team. They had a JV game. They're playing Fox Creek on JV after that with 11 man as they're progressing up. Um, and they do good, good stuff. I saw them on film early this year against Orangeburg prep where they had a nice win over Orangeburg earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, you have some big receivers, you know, they, they get off the ball, running back runs really, really hard. Quarterback was very precise. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're doing football stuff, man. You know, and they know what and they're know, doing. And I know they've been, so they're, they're a three, a skis school in all sports. And so like you'll see in skis, football and, and all sports don't quite match up, but even, so they were in the old, 2A, which we can get into all that later if we want to, but the old 2A, but they were playing eight-man um, as a non-championship team for a few years as they started their program. So there was a few years there where they were starting football, trying to get going, and and weren't, um, you know, they weren't able to uh, fit, compete for a championship, but they were playing eight-man football. They had enough numbers to play 11-man as a school, but not on the football team. So that's, that's where they kind of got, I want to say, lost in the shuffle a little bit. Uh, but but a, a little bit that you know they weren't able to, you weren't able to see them compete for championships. Well, and I'm curious to see you know where they're loca- where they're located. Like I said in Lexington, I mean they they're in a good spot and they they have an opportunity to bring you know kids will will come in and and they're going to compete with the Ben Lippins for kids and and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see um at the landscape of that school as it continues to grow and and what it does for the football program. All right, guys, let's jump up to 3A. I'm glad I get to do this before Kevin gets in here. He's a he's a PD Academy grad, so it might be a little biased here. But well, nobody here. nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, real quick. Dean Howell. Dean Howell is the name of Dean Howell, not like Hoover. Sorry, yeah, I was, I was looking up, and I couldn't yeah, yeah, find yeah. it. That name Dale Hoover's a Palmetto yeah, Christian. That wasn't I said it. Dale Hoover, right. That's yeah, Dale's a Palmetto. <laughs> Sorry, go, go ahead. Oh no, no worries. Yeah, so let's. It looks like PD's the 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 favorite there to win in three A. Lone losses to Williamsburg. How good are the Golden Eagles this year? And we know they got a ton of talent all over the field. Yeah, fortunately, we were able to see them Friday night. Oh, or unfortunately, um, you know, <laughs> they're a tough matchup for us personally because they're really big and physical up front, and that's where we kind of you know make our money is running the football, and they made it really tough for us. Um, but of course, you know, then offensively, you know, they. You know, Spivey obviously can throw the ball around. The kids run good routes. They're another really good coaching staff. You know, I mean, they they really are. Um, you know, of course, Lon Spivey there forever as the AD. Um, and all their coaches are really good. I, I always like to give a shout-out to Stump Spivey. I don't think Stump gets enough credit. Stump Spivey does his defense. He is phenomenal, man. He is super sharp. You know, great, great person, good man. Been around football his entire life. And um, he he gets it, man. He gets it. But um, you know, y'all talked about Kyle earlier. Of course, Kyle and Brian. Of course, Jonathan King, the head coach. They all do a great job, and they they love their kids. It's a good program. Um, but yeah, they're they're really big, <laughs> and they're you know yeah. they're not overly fast, but they play fast because they're well coached and they trust what they've been coached. And um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be hard to knock them off. I really do for whoever it is. Um, however, they've had some close games. Wilson Hall was right there with them. Um, Hilton Head Christian was right there with them. You know, on a perfect night, I think we can play with them. I think First Baptist also can play with them. Um, not saying they're better than them, but any stretch. And this is, you know, it's hard to talk this when you're a coach in this classification. I don't, you know, say too much. But we've said all year long, Rip, back me up. We said we think there's six teams that can win it. Pinewood Prep played them really close at their place earlier this year, too. And, you know, when, when you have a bunch of one-score games, I mean, you'd be dumb not to think that, you know, I mean, it's just the truth of the matter. I mean, there's six teams that can compete for it. Is PD above the rest of them? Yes. I believe they're definitely without a doubt, the number one team, but they're not Holly Hill above everybody else or Williamsburg above everybody else or for a Hammond above everybody else. And and when they're playing their best, I don't, I think they're going to win, but they're 17 year old kids. We don't always play our best. That's right. 
That's right. No, I mean, I, I agree. I and mean, I think the, the body of work over the season has proven the PD is a team to beat. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not my football coach. So I try to speak a little bit more. I know Neil can't say too much. You don't want to give my material, but I mean, I, I think there are multiple teams that are going to be really competitive. I think this is by far now we'll probably be proven wrong, Neil, and this, these will all be blowout somehow and it'll be the worst <laughs> bracket ever. But on paper, this looks like the most, it's going to be exciting football the whole way through. And I think there's no clear cut favorite or favorites. Um, like you mentioned, there's really six or seven teams. And, and heck, right now, I mean, there's teams with – there's and this is with all the playoff divisions. I mean, the flu is going around. The sickness is going around. I mean, things like that can play a huge factor, whereas during the regular season, during the regular season, you might, um, you know, you might have a game that, that ah, we can't play it this week of the flu. Well, it's playoffs. you got to play with whatever you got. That might be JV kids. You know I mean? People are going to play with whatever they got. So, um, you know, I think th- there's always those question marks in a super competitive division like this that can play even more, more fatter a little bit. But, you know, I think the two big games, um, you know, Wilson Hall, you know, we had headed down to John Paul last week and beat him pretty good. Now their quarterback, he play. We, we bottle him up pretty good. And he's dangerous, you know, talking with play. our coaching staff. I mean, we know how dangerous he is that if he can get loose and bust a couple of those plays, um, you know, we're in trouble, but we talked actually with on the radio, I did a radio call with Tom O'Hare for our games, for our away games. And we were noticing just, you don't realize how big PD is until you see some of the other schools. Like we saw John Paul and we're like, man, they look like us, you know, they look like <laughs> us out there. We're, you know, we're the same size. Whereas, you know, we play PD and even Florence Christian, whatever. y'all got some big, bigger kids than us, you know, on the line, physically up front. And so, you know, PD was really that. I mean, come off the bus, they got 40 something kids stepping off the bus. And I mean, obviously led by a six, four, you know, solid quarterback in the backfield. I mean, they're, they're, they're really, really strong. Um, you know, I think those first round matchups to me, obviously, you know, the Florence Christian Hilton Head Christian matchup is, is a big one. Is it going to be a good game? And I think Pinewood first Baptist. I mean, that's mm-hmm. two teams that traditionally had been 3A, 4A, whatever you want to call it, competing as Hammond. And now they're not anymore. And so, you know, that's a, that's going to be a really, really good game. I think first Baptist figured some things out the last couple of weeks and, and kind of turned a corner a little bit. And, uh, and 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 Pinewoods had a had a good year as well, so I think that'll be a really interesting game. Yeah, but I feel really good about First Baptist having a bye week before they play us, changing quarterbacks, changing the game plan. It was great. I really really loved it. Um, but no, but, but you're right. First Baptist has got some guys back. They figure things. They're healthier than they've been all year. They are the most. They are without a doubt the most athletic team in 3A football. But they also have a lot of size as well. I mean, they're big up front. They're strong. Um, you know that Pinewood beat them 35 12 earlier this year, but it was early. Yeah. Watching on film, you're kind of you're kind of scratching your head. First Baptist is well, why are they not doing a little bit more? Yeah. And now they are. And um, but Pinewood, you know, for us is kind of dropped down the polls. We we beat them pretty good at our place. And since then, we haven't really talked about them a whole lot. But they've just been getting it done. You know, yeah. they're just back there getting it done. Um, they kind of played their tough region games early, so nobody's really talked about them. They're kind of coming under the radar. Um, I'll be shocked if this game does not go down to the wire as well. I think it's going to be a really hard nosed, hard fought football game. And I think the winner of it is going to you know, play PD really tough in the semifinals. Um, I think you're right, um, Wilson. I'm curious to see how John Paul play, goes to Wilson Hall after playing somebody twice in a week. We had to do that last year twice in a row. It's tough. I mean, it is really tough. It's a different mindset. There's probably going to be a fight in the first quarter. I mean, that's just how, <laughs> you know, after you play somebody that long, that kind of oh, happens. Yeah. But Wilson Hall, you know, they're more talented and they're older, they're more experienced. You know, they should get it done. And in our game with Hilton Head Christian, it's a long ride down there to yep. Hilton Head Christian. But you're talking about two very conflicting styles. You know, we have a lot of history. We've played them in the playoffs a lot. The coaches know each other. We all still run the same stuff. We just got different guys doing it. 
Um, I think out of the 10 years I've been here, we played them probably five times in the playoffs, you know, and, and so we've won down there. They've beat us down there. We've upset them. They've upset us. I mean, you know, we play each other in the state championship. I mean, it's, so there's kind of a weird little three hour rivalry between yeah. our two schools and, um, it should be a hard fought game. And I think just whoever kind of imposes their will, you know, whichever style kind of comes up top, um, you know, I think is going to win that game and, and it's going to go to Wilson hall and, and, have a knockout drag out either yeah. either way i mean that's just, yeah anytime you have those conflicting styles it's kind of like the battle of tempos as much as anything else you know who yeah. whatever style prevails is, it's probably the way the game's going to go and that can be hard because as a coach you're trying to make sure it's it's your tempo you know what i mean you sure. want to make sure you're in charge of that well let's say hilton head christian I'm, I'm trying to be outside the box somehow yeah. beat Florence christian all right then yeah. no i gotta say it they go to wilson hall and wilson hall beat them pretty good earlier this year yeah. but yeah. you know Hilton and Christian kind of like first Baptist. They're a different team right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a different team. It's playing good ball. I think that if Florence Christian were to win to go to Wilson Hall, you know, they had a one point loss at home. Felt like felt like they should have won that game. You know, quite frankly, agree, yeah. we feel like we should. I mean, most yeah. you know. So I think there's a lot to prove for both teams. Whoever wins that game, if they go to Wilson Hall, feels like they got something to prove. You know, and plus it's a birth in the state championship. Yeah. And I think you know, I've, I've coached this forever with the girls basketball and boys. Like, hey, you make it to the final four, anything can happen. And you said earlier, you could have flu, you could have a COVID outbreak. Yeah, quarterback rolls her ankle. You know, I mean, you get a couple. This happened to a team um, a couple years ago, Trinity. We played them. They beat us. The breaks off of us a few years ago, in between the three weeks for the playoffs, they had two big linemen get hurt, mm-hmm. and that just set up perfect for us because we we're yep. going to pound the ball anyway. And now those two guys are gone, and we were able to flip the script, you know. And that happens sometimes in the playoffs. So, as much as we we say, you know, assuming Wilson Hall's going to win, John Paul's got. Some, I mean, their their quarterback is an absolute player, yep. you know. And and we all know this: the wrong person gets hurt on the team, and it's a different ball game for everybody. So, um, it's wide open for sure, and it's going to be fun. Now, I am curious on, on y'all's thoughts. I mean, PD, and, and I was going to be a PD guy, you know, basically they get a bye this week. Uh, yeah. With Hilton Head Prep, kind of turn down the invitation to play. You know, how does that, you know, help a team that I don't think they need much more help than they already have. But, I mean, how big of a factor could that play in the playoffs? I mean, you, you got to feel like, obviously, it would have been great to get some young kids some playing time this yeah. weekend because, you know, the starters probably wouldn't play more than a quarter or, you know, even a half. But this late in the year, you got to worry about rust a little bit because if you come out next week, even just a half step slow, that's enough to lose a ball game. You know, if it's yeah. a regular season game, you play slow for a quarter, you got time. It's okay. And if you lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. But in the playoffs, you can't afford to do that, especially against the first Baptist or Pinewood prep. That's going to be tough for sure. Um, yeah, you mentioned PD getting the forfeit win already. Other matchups, first Baptist Pinewood prep, John Paul II, Wilson Hall, and Florence Christian Hilton Head Christian. I do want to look at Florence Christian Hilton Head Christian game for a second there. You know, obviously, Jules Huntley, stud. Love watching him play all year. He's been great to follow along. Hilton had Christian team that seems to be getting better as the season goes on. Start off kind of slow there. The two-time defending state champs, you know, Neil, obviously you're a coach. You can't talk too much about it, but what they do is so tough to prepare for. You know, the Clark kid at quarterback does a phenomenal job. That's going to be probably my favorite matchup around one to watch, really. Yeah, I think the the word that we've been using, I don't mind saying it, and it's the same when you play Wilson Hall. It's the same when you play John Paul because of their scheme is stress. There's mm-hmm. stress on every play because of all the different – the the spreadness of the formations, the versatility of the quarterback to run and extend plays. So it just makes you literally have a mental stress. It's like when you're defending a triple option, you know, every play can go if you don't do your assignments correctly. And I think that's what makes it difficult to guard. And plus, yeah, your quarterback's phenomenal. And they have, you know, I asked my coaches, I said, on the download, each one individual, I said, rank their receivers. And they all gave me something different. 
and that just tells you how balanced they are. You know, they all can run and catch, and that, you know, so that makes it pretty tough as well. Now, I'm hoping they're on the same side over there when I'm like, okay, we got to contain number four, you know, and they're going to try to control the clock and pound the football, but we got to make sure four doesn't beat us, you know, and what that does to them puts stress on them as well in a different way. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'll, I'll be honest, it's okay. You can get your team pumped up to stop the wishbone or power football and for that lasts for a couple, maybe a quarter, but then you're like, are they still running this crap right at us? Cause I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's a different style of football too, that people yeah. aren't used to. And, um, you know, quite frankly, it's hard for us watching film because nobody does what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. I have no idea how they're going to line up on defense. <laughs> I have no clue at all what, what they're going to do to try to stop us. And, um, um, and, uh, but you know, it makes it fun. You know, it's going to, it's, it's going to make it fun. But yeah, Jules has had a great year. Um, we're going, he's going to have to have a great playoff run for us. And, and look, we've had some great backs at Florence Christian over the past decade. We truly have. And we've had some great playoff runs. I mean, we've had running backs in three straight weeks go for over 200 yards and lead us to a state championship. And that's what kind of run he's going to have to have for us to get there. But also Joel, Joel is going to have to play well as his brother quarterback. So. All right, guys, let's move up to 4A. And before we get to Hammond, let's talk about some of these other programs that have had good seasons. Uh, we had Coach Weigel on at Ben Lippin before the season to preview his team. And uh, they went from one win last year to eight and two this year. Uh, how far do you think that that Ben Lippin program can go in the playoffs here? Yeah, I, mean, I think, I mean, obviously a great turnaround there for Ben Lippin. I mean, the thing with 4A, you know, we, Neil and I talk about a lot and, and kind of we joke about it, but if you were to just go ahead and give Hammond a 5A state champion. Let's just make up a 5A. Just give it to him and don't do anything. The rest of this bracket is super competitive. I mean, and we feel even even 3A and 4A together, we feel will be really competitive this year. But especially you hit the bracket separately. I mean, you're looking at teams like, you know, Ben Lip and Lawrence Manning, Heathwood Hall getting the home playoff games. But the teams that are traveling in those three games, Portagao, Trinity, and Carter Newman, all very capable of pulling upset wins on the road. And so I, I think – Again, you take Hammond out of him, and Hammond should take care of Augusta Christian. They did earlier this year by a score of, I think, 59 nothing. You know, Augusta, interesting as well. A team has played for state championships in recent years, didn't have a strong of a year this year, got into that unfortunate spot where they got to go to Hammond. <clears throat> you know, but I think it's really good. I mean, Trinity Collegiate beat Lawrence Manning last week and 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 beat them from what the score indicated. I mean, 28 nothing. I mean, pretty handily. So I think that it's a tough home game. It's an exciting time for Ben Lippin to get that home game, to get some momentum going back on their side. But it's going to be a tough out with Coach Amell and Trinity Collegiate. Well, especially because the first game, Ben Lippin beat Trinity 56 to 22. That was kind of a, a yeah. eyebrow for us. Whoa, yeah. you know, and um, Ben Lippin, Ben Lippin did have, you know, let's give Ben Lippin credit. They played great. They lost yeah. a rain game at Hilton Head Christian, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They lost 15 to nine earlier in the year. Um, they've improved drastically. I've seen them on film a couple of times. Um, man, they, they, they're throwing the football well. You know, they're running solid. Defense has been great. Um, but they didn't play Hammond in the regular season. Correct. They didn't play Lawrence Manning in the regular season, right. if I mean, correct. So they they kind of had the lightest of the 4A schedule. I mean, if if I was going to pick the two teams I didn't want to play right off without seeing any <laughs> player, those would be the two I probably would mark off, right? Yeah. Um. So, but, but with that being said, I feel like they got a lot to prove. But Trinity is is coming off a big win. Man, I, th- I think it's an interesting game. How do you tell your kids that, hey, this team can beat us when you beat them by 34 the first time you drop 56 on them? And that's going to be tough to get them up, I believe. So that's challenging. You know, Carter Newman – in the playoffs, kind of same thing. They hadn't flipped the script is the same record-wise as Ben Lippin. However, they have, you know, much improved. They're in the playoffs. Um, Lawrence Manning coming off a, a shutout loss, and Carl Newman's going to put up some points. You know, Lawrence yeah. Manning traditionally very good defensively, hadn't scored a lot of points. So, you know, Carl Newman can break a couple loose and all of a sudden, you know, be up 14 nothing, And that's going to be tough for Lawrence Manning to overcome if they get down early. 
So um, I think that's a very interesting game as well. And in Heathwood Hall, Porter Gowd, the Episcopal game, it was 30 to 14, I guess, earlier in the year. Heathwood won, but I think Porter Gowd's playing better ball, especially on the defensive side. So um, I think that's also, like you said, Rip, all three of the, the traveling teams have a chance to go in. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think any Porter Gowd won that, that we've seen, you know, again, record-wise, they're not there, but been super competitive in some games. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, and, yeah, I mean, I think the Carter Newman-Lawrence Manning enemy is really interesting. Carter Newman, um, you know, like you said, kind of new new head coach. Uh, I don't know if you all seen this stuff on on Coach Helms, but but he coaches in a, in a cutoff T-shirt. Yep. Uh, with, you know, with the, I mean, big yeah. dude played line at Carolina, but uh, obviously trying to trying to change the culture a little bit there, trying to change the – the mindset of what those guys are trying to do, um, you know, and, and, and they've got, they got some kids that can play uh, that, that to me is, is going to be a really good game. Um, and then, like I said, I mean, I, I think the Trinity collegiate have been lifting. I, I could see an easy situation where all three of the road teams win these three games. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I would love, I think it would be great for Ben Lippin. If mm-hmm. Ben Lippin can make it to go play Hammond, you know, that's, you get your one two. you get a team that hadn't played each other yet. You have an in town yeah kind of rivalry and, and obviously ham is the measuring stick i think that's to me the best situation that's the game i would like to go see the most well and if, if you look at it if things do go chalk i mean ben lippin has to go through both teams they haven't played to get there so i mean yep. that would kind of minimize that conversation a little bit if they have to go through lawrence manning and through hammond to get there right yeah the bottom half of that 4a bracket has some of the best athletes and skis the guys like bryson scott at, at uh lawrence or sorry trinity Trey Leonard there, you know, Dobson Ricks and Bryce Craft at Ben Lippin, Brandy King at Lawrence Manning, then A.J. Ray just here at Cardinal Newman. Obviously, Hammond, the Skyhawks, the favorite. They'll be the favorite probably for the next 10 years, it seems like. Um, for someone to beat them, what kind of ball game would it take to, you know, what, what I guess what's the perfect recipe to beat a, a team like Hammond this year? Well, I, I, but we played them, okay? And, and, and there's nothing you can do. But I will say this <laughs> to brag on us. <laughs> We we were as close as anybody of them at halftime in skis. It was 21-0. We actually got stoned at the six-inch line. I'm embarrassed to say on quarterback sneak. Fourth and goal from the six-inch line with three seconds left, the clock ticking. Okay. Um, but but what we had to do is we tried to eat clock every single play. Um, we didn't get enough first downs to minimize the possessions, but you know, we did it enough where it was almost a little frustrating to the other team. And I'm not saying Hammond, but typically. You know, you have to eat clock. And I think that's hard today's world where you want to – because they're probably more susceptible to the spread. It's hard to run on those jokers. So where do you find that balance of, hey, I'm going to settle in, be okay every now and then with three plays and punt, so long as that clock's ticking. Yeah. Let me minimize possessions. If that's what happens, that's what happens. Um, or trying to hurt them where they're probably – the only little bit of vulnerability may be spreading the ball out and throwing it and finding some gaps and getting your athletes in space, obviously. But when you do that, now you're getting sacked, you're getting strip sacked, you're getting interceptions, the clock is stopping every play, yeah. and now you're just prolonging the game, which makes it easier for them because they're better than you. You know, I mean, that's that's no offense to all your other 4A teams. I've never seen you. They're better than you. I don't have to see you to know that. They're better than you. So, I mean, I just think you got to kind of just somehow try to manage that clock and, and shrink the possessions, and that's the only change they have. Maybe they fumble the snap, yeah. you know. Turnovers, they, I mean. Right, you get a turnover here and there, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden there's a, it's a seven-possession game instead of a ten-possession game. You know, you get one stop, you get one turnover. Now they've only scored 35 points instead of, you know, 55. And yeah. then, maybe you know, I, I don't know what else to say. That's, think, that's the best recipe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this year, you know, to Coach Wheeler and Coach Barnes and their sash crowd, I mean, this has been one of the better coaching jobs I feel like they've done at Hammond. They've had years where they've had some absolute stud athletes, and they have really good athletes this year. But – 
you know, they've taken a, a guy in, in Dylan Richardson who wasn't a quarterback previously, kind of filled in last year at the end of the year where they had some injuries and he stepped up and has taken over quarterback despite not being their prototypical, you know, spread it around, throw it around kind of guy. Um, their lines are incredible. And and the scary thing is they're young. I don't think they have a lot of seniors on the offensive of line. But I think that, you know, their ability, you know, my my thing would be with a team like that would be you kind of catch them sleeping, right? Maybe you can get a couple of scores on them early. Maybe you get a score, a turnover, a score, boom, it's 14 nothing. And then, like Neil said, then you just try to bleed it out, bleed that clock out till the, till the time runs out. They have been really impressive this year on their ability to show up to punch into work and take care of business. I mean, every week, week in, week out. I mean, as I said, we do the radio show, we're pulling up scores, and it's halftime, Hammond, 47 to nothing. It's holy cow, like every week. I mean, it's, they're, they're just doing a really good job with that. I think they're as potentially as balanced of a team as they've had in a while, as far as, like I said, no, no major four-star, five-star going to Carolina recruits, but they're just steady across the board. And, and so I think – um, you know, to their to their credit, I mean, they've built that program. Uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering with Coach Kimry, you know, leaving for for Baylor School, that what was that going to change? You know, they did a really he did a great job of kind of setting that program up to continue success, which is what you love to see from coaches and and, and staffs like that. So uh, definitely deserved on their part, you know, all that they're getting. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see many teams being able to do a whole lot against them. Yeah, and I hate to give Jeff Morris credit. You know that. But, <laughs> you know, he's still been been there and been the glue to kind of keep that going as well. You know, he's a yeah. big part of that Kimry era. You know, it's got, he's the head coach that's going to be called a Kimry era. But he's the AD and the offensive you know, line coach who yeah. man, it's a pretty big deal. And he and he's sure. kept that together really well. Absolutely. couple quick ones here before I let you guys go here now. This is the first year of having the new 4A here in Skiza. How do you guys like the realign, you know, classifications does that work pretty well in y'all's opinion or or what are your thoughts on the the new one through four I started this year well I will say for for football for us personally it's, it's made it a little tougher for us because we got some bigger schools we're now one of the smaller schools in the new 3A where we were one of the bigger in the 2A but across the board in the all sports it's really going to help our school and schools like us who quite frankly have 200 250 less students than the top of the the 4A you know I mean that's a big deal we didn't need to be competing with them um, there's other issues I'm not going to bring up on the show about why we should be where we are. But I think if you look at the 3A specifically, and even the 4A after Hammond, you see the parity that you want from classifications. So I'm on board with that. And I think yeah, it's got more we're, teams we're, playing 11-man um, football that were not, that were playing eight-man before. Correct. And I like that as well. Yeah. I, and see, I think we're kind of the opposite. I think football-wise, it's great for us because we go from being the smallest school to now we're playing other schools. That we're one of the bigger schools in our classification. And we know coming in week in, week out, we can compete. And that that was, you know, one of the things we looked at. And we're not saying, hey, we want to drop down so we can win the state championship. No, we want to drop down so we can compete. And then I think week in, week out with these teams, because as we talked about, heck, 3A football, any given week you can lose because there's a lot of quality football being played with a lot of Really, really good coaching staffs. But but I think that we know going in week out, week in, week out, we can compete. We're the opposite for all sports. We're still 4A, and, and it makes it really tough. You know, we have gone – we are now the smallest school in 4A uh, with, with with Farnes Christian dropping down. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are, if not the smallest – I think we're the smallest, actually. You know, and, and you look at the high school level, like Neil points out, I mean, we <clears> – <throat> in the high school right now, we've got about 220 total, two, 200 to 220. We're a little bit small this year with our freshman class only having about 45 to, to 48 kids. Um, you know, Porter Gow's got 440 in their high school. Uh, ben Lippin, you know, Ben Lippin, Connor Newman, the next two up, they're graduating 85 a year. I mean, that's that's 
130 more. That's 120 to 130 kids more than we have in high school. And, and as we know, I mean, the more kids you have, the more chances you have to, 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 to have quality athletes. And like Neil said, we won't get into some of that other stuff that, that may be going even more so at the 4A level, but at all levels um, that, you know, make, makes it tough. And so um, I think 4A, you know, we're, we're excited across the board with some of the, the direction we're going. We've seen, we've seen a definite bump in football this year uh, with just the excitement on campus. I mean, we haven't hosted a home playoff game in, I think it's seven years. I think my, this is my eighth year here at Wilson Hall. My first year here, we were the two seed. And I don't think we've hosted a playoff game since. So uh, that's kind of exciting. I mean, obviously, around campus, we're, we're really excited to be hosting a game, um, you know, a playoff game here. But, um, you know, other sports, a little bit tougher. You know, we saw I'm a volleyball coach here as well. I coach boys basketball. I coach track as well. You know, volleyball, Carter Newman was the Hammond of, of volleyball. I mean, they, it was just no touching them. There's nothing we could do. We had the best year we've had potentially in, in school history, if not in the last decade or so. Um, actually split with Florence Christian, which was one of our big wins this year because Denise had an awesome team that went to the state championship, and, and there was just no chance. I mean, there was no chance of beating that Carter Newman team. Um, you know, boys basketball, will, you know, we've got a pretty good group coming back, but, again, it's going to be tough. So, um, But I do agree across the board, I think it's good. It spreads out a little bit. It gives more teams a chance to compete for that state championship, which is, I think is a really good thing. Yeah. And, and the last one I have is you guys, you know, in skis to play your state championship games down in Charleston. How do you like that? And um, do you think it'll change in the foreseeable future? Well, it's kind of changed back and forth. I mean, we've played it at, at Benedict in the past. It's been in Columbia some years. Um, it's been all over. I mean, we played, I know, and not dating ourselves here, but back when when Neil and I were were in high school, I mean, we played at the Citadel. We played at SC State. We played, um, it used to, way back in the day, played at high school. I think Mike Fanning has done a good job of trying to secure a bigger venue for our football state championships, which is good. I and mean, we're not going to play at Carolina or Clemson, um, but, but getting those smaller schools where you can kind of put a lot of, put a lot of people and it kind of fills it out a little bit in that, in that setting, I think is really, really cool. Um, you know, like I said, I can remember back in, in the early 2000s playing when I was at, I went to Porter Gal when I was at Porter Gal playing Wilson Hall at the Citadel in the state championship in a really, really awesome game. I don't like um, to brag. You know that rip. I don't like to brag, but as an assistant at Colin and Prep, we played my first state champ. I was able to coach in six state championships, Colin Prep, five as an assistant. We played at Orangeburg Prep against Dorchester my first year, which was an awesome atmosphere because it was three rows deep, man, walking yeah. around the fence. And then we, and then Mike really did a good job of getting bigger venues. So we played at Johnson Haygood a couple times. We played at South Carolina State. We played at Benedict um, here and at Colin and Prep. Now I've not gone to Charleston Southern yet, so that's a yeah. big goal. But yeah, but yeah, I like I like um, the fact, and I don't know if it will stay, Drew. I think that's a good question. I think it's just a matter of um, you know, it's not as central in Charleston, but it's just a great school and it's a great atmosphere for the kids. And I think for the state championship, who cares if it's central, man? Let's just go yeah. to the best place available. And so I think that's pretty awesome. Well, this has been great, guys. Really appreciate y'all time. Definitely want you guys to, to give a quick shout out for y'all's podcast and y'all's show. Tell the folks where they can find you each week with uh, this week's Skiza Athletics. You go, Rip, because I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> yeah, the one. No, I mean, so Neil and I host This Week in Skiza Athletics. It's a podcast that highlights, and it's not just football. We try to we try to touch on all sports. Uh, we struggle a little bit because uh, some of those other sports are hard to find information on as, as readily as a football or a basketball. But, uh, you know, Neil – it all started. Neil had a podcast. Uh, had a, he has a couple podcasts. He's a multiple podcaster uh, as well as we are now too. But uh, he had me on a couple of years ago during COVID on what was called Neil and Will's Final Four, and it was a podcast that him and Will were doing. And uh, you know, it was about the best skiza athletes of all time. And you know, we just had a great time doing it. And afterwards, Neil kind of called. He's like, "Man, that's kind of fun. Like, what do you think about us doing this more often?" And so you know, I'm I'm down for it. Why not? I mean, I like you know I've 
not busy at all with anything. So, yeah, I know, uh, right? you know, we, every week we struggle like, Hey, can I do eight fifteen to eight forty? That's what I got for us today. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's great opportunity on the, this weekend skis athletics to not only uh, highlight our student athletes and, and keep people in tune with what's going on. But one of our goals too, is to kind of bring our coaches and, and highlight some of the great coaches that we have in our league and the ADs we have in our league and kind of let them talk about their programs a little bit, talk about what they do. I think, you know, that's something that we both find interest in. And so it, it makes it more fun. You know, we always used to have the coaches clinics we would go to and see everybody. COVID's made those a little bit harder. And so I think it's really important. We got a lot of new faces walking around. You know, Neil tried to do a good job at the state volleyball tournament <laughs> live stream. He tried. The effort was there. Uh, trying to live stream and get some people on. The vision he had for it I thought was great. Uh, but just trying to get some people on to talk about what's going on in, in their worlds in Skiza. Um, he and I both also, I think you are still doing it, have – podcast for our own school as well um we, wilson hall we have one behind the bear and florence christians had one in the past uh that we both try to you know promote our kids and, and use it as an information tool as much as anything else people can find out information but uh, that's this week in skis athletics the one neil and i do <clears throat> usually drops on thursdays um and you can listen on spotify uh i don't believe neil's made the big jump to itunes podcast yeah we wilson hall one we you can find us on itunes podcast oh my goodness okay but, just, uh, <laughs> if you tell me how i'll do it i'll do it you just gotta tell me how <laughs> But we're, you can find us on Spotify with This Week in Skis Athletics. And, and it's a lot of this. There's a lot of us talking. We have guests on. We kind of riff with them. It's pretty fun. Yeah, and I will recommend. I'm glad you brought that up. So Neil and Will's Final Four is a funny podcast. Okay, but we did the best skis athletes of all time. So I'm going to ask you a trick question here, Kevin and Jarrell. Who is the best skis athlete of all time? Ooh, uh, I mean, just in recent. Zion Williamson. I was say, in recent, you got to look at Zion. Um <laughs> You start going back, I mean, that, that brings in a lot of other athletes. Yeah, but so he he was overall, he was our number two, believe it or okay. not. So um, I, I'm not going to say the number one. I think y'all need to check out the, the episode that okay. Rip and I got on. I have to do some thinking on that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hey, we appreciate you guys having having, having me on. Yeah, I got to run. So thank y'all for all y'all doing promoting our, our high schools. Appreciate you guys. Definitely all our guys go check out y'all's podcast on Spotify. Like I mentioned earlier, check us out, movingchange.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, et cetera. We'll have a lot of great skis and high school league coverage coming down the pipes here. But, real man, really appreciate your time. I know it's a morning. I know you're busy. So, thank you for hopping on with us today for a few minutes. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having us on for promoting us. Sounds great. See you guys soon. See you. The George Agency has been serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 40 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrating in employee benefits and health insurance with an office in Mullins and Merle's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, and more. So wherever you are, they can help. Give Bradley, Wayne, Richard, and the crew a call or visit online at thegeorgeagency.net. That's thegeorgeagency.net.